All right, revving up another podcast here on the Geno Green Experience. It's that time of the year, man, the month of March. Crank out podcast after podcast. Our next guest here is Nick Schultz, a news desk writer for On3. Nick, welcome to the podcast, and welcome back to talking about Loyola Chicago basketball. Geno, man, it's always great to be with you talking Rambler basketball. You know, we had those good days when I was on the beat, and it's full circle here this week with the tournament coming up, so thank you for having me. Yeah, most definitely, and Loyola Chicago on Sunday in the NCAA tournament selection show drew number seven seed Ohio State in the first round matchup, which will be Friday afternoon at 11.15 a.m. Central Time on CBS, standalone game, as John Rothstein would like to say around these parts. They're all standalone <laughs> games this time of year. I mean, they are, but th- this really is a standalone game. That's the first game of the day, and it's like 30 minutes later is another game going on, but... It's its own game. It's going to get the national spotlight as it deserves. And I think we're both on the same page. I feel like arguably this is the most intriguing first-round game of the NCAA tournament across the board. Like, there are a lot of good matchups. you got Michigan State. you got Davidson. That's going to be a good matchup. you got Memphis-Boise State. But I feel like this is the one that we're circling on the calendars here, especially given the contrasting styles of both teams. Well, I think it's even more intriguing because Loyola's the 10 seed, Ohio State's the 7 seed. Loyola's favored. At least they opened as favorites. I don't know if that line's moved at all on the point spreads and anything, but I know it opened as Loyola was point, point and a half favorites. And I think that adds to the intrigue of this. And obviously, Rambler fans are sitting there thinking, oh, remember the last time we played a Big Ten team in the NCAA tournament? It was Illinois last year. So I think this matchup is really intriguing. I've watched a lot of both teams this year. Obviously for Ohio State, you've got E.J. Liddell. E.J. Liddell, third-team All-American, just came out today. You've got to stop him, but Malachi Branham burst onto the scene as well, Big Ten Freshman of the Year for a reason. you got two guys that you have to stop, but then outside of that, in terms of guard play, they don't really have an elite guard, but they can beat you with those two guys, so it's going to be a matter of how Drew Valentine game plans for those two in particular, and if you let anyone else beat you, you just got beat by a good team. But you cannot let one of those two guys beat you, in my opinion. Yeah, and Drew Valentine talked about, on Selection Sunday, kind of an intriguing storyline here where you have one of the assistants from Ohio State who I believe just took the head coaching job at Illinois State. So right. a nice little Missouri Valley connection on the way out for Loyola as they go to the Atlantic 10 next season. Yeah, that's an interesting ripple. That was a fun situation. So I got to go down to St. Louis this year for Arch Madness, and – I drove down on Friday because I still live in Dwight, about an hour and a half south of Chicago. I didn't want to take off work for the Thursday night games because they're kind of snooze fests. So I figured I'd drive down Friday. Northern Iowa was playing Illinois State. I'm like, I'm just going to miss that game. I'm not getting up that early. I got there in time for Loyola Bradley. No sooner did I get to my seat. This is about 2 o'clock-ish, about 35 minutes after that Northern Iowa-Illinois State game ended, maybe a little shorter than that. I see the tweet from Matt Norlander come over that the Illinois State was hiring Ohio State's top assistant, Ryan Peden, as their new coach. And I'm just like, I just sat down. And it was, it was within the hour after the game ended. And then they made the announcement shortly thereafter, too. So that was a whirlwind. When Illinois State lost, season was over, bam, they've got a new coach. Just like that. Sometimes that's how it works in the land of college basketball. But... Valentine did praise them and spent a little bit of time after they got selected to play Ohio State. Talked about that with the media. So that's a nice little 
uh, side uh, story going into it. Also, another good part that I caught from the selection show on Sunday was Braden Norris. He's a Columbus native. So that's going to be an intriguing storyline here is Braden Norris, I feel like, will be one of the X-Factors Loyola and will have to have, I wouldn't say a game of his life, but he's going to have to step it up a little bit more in order for Loyola to really have a chance to knock off Ohio State because this is not the same Loyola teams from the past where they kind of relied more on Cameron Crutwig. Crutwig's gone now. He's playing overseas. It's going to be more of a balanced team effort. I feel like in a lot of ways, and you kind of saw it during Arch Madness, you had a front row seat to it. They're going to have to go back a little bit to how they play with Porter Moser. I think this is going to be a lot of possession basketball in order for them to have a chance to beat Ohio State. Well, during that Northern Iowa game, you bring up the old Porter Moser style of offense. I That Northern Iowa game in the semifinals, that first half, I even tweeted it. Gino, I had flashbacks because I had that front row seat to that 2018 team. I watched them day in, day out, do what they did against Northern Iowa. They were draining threes. They were getting back on defense and making the big plays. And I think that's what's going to have to happen in the NCAA tournament. And speaking of Braden Norris, you know, last year you saw it against Illinois. You saw it against Georgia Tech. He can score in the big moments. You saw it in St. Louis, too. He had, I, off the top of my head, probably three or four three-pointers go in at the shot clock. And, you know, it says something when Pat McAfee shouts you out on Twitter when he calls Braden Norris that Loyola Chuck Norris dude being a walking, talking bucket. <laughs> he can do that. And that's going to be important against a team like Ohio State because, yes, the Big Ten got all of these bids, and I understand none of them are higher than a three-seed. We can talk about that all day. That's been a talking point at length about, oh, is the Big Ten overrated? The moral of the story here, Ohio State is still a dangerous team. Yes, they're beat up. Yes, they're a little more vulnerable. Yes, they're beatable. But you have to have your guys step up. And I think Braden Norris is one of those guys who can step up, and I think he will step up. We saw If he didn't step up last year against Illinois, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation. It'd be like, oh, well, what can he do? He hit those big shots when he needed to in last year's tournament. Now he's got that experience to build off of. He did the same thing at Arch Madness. So, yeah, he's one of my players to watch, absolutely. And fun fact, his brother plays for Wright State, who's also in the tournament. Boom, there you go. Double the pleasure, double the fun. Absolutely. You've got, two, you've got the Norris brothers, man. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be a nice little storyline to watch as we go along here, getting ready for the NCAA tournament first-round games Thursday and Friday. But going back to Loyola Chicago, how critical was it for them to have that schedule early in the season and specifically going to the battle for Atlantis and be able to hang in with Michigan State and Auburn, and how much of a, of a factor would that be in terms of helping them prepare for another Big Ten team, another Power Five team in Ohio State on Friday? I don't think it's as important for the players as it was for Drew Valentine. I mean, we can, I know it's the drinking game. Everyone says it every time you bring up his name. Did you know he's the youngest head coach in Division One this year? You've only heard it on every game broadcast this year. That storyline has been beaten to death. I understand that. But in this case, it works. This is his first head coaching job. He got flat out outcoached by Tom Izzo in that Michigan State game. As soon as Izzo called that timeout to draw up that last play, I was, I was watching it with my mom and my grandma, and I'm like, okay, this game's over. Izzo's calling timeout. He's calling game. And he, ran up, he drew up a beautiful play. And I think playing, uh, they played Auburn, too, down there, and then they, yeah. wiped, they knocked the doors off Arizona State. But I think having that experience – for Drew was huge because then come Missouri Valley tournament time, he beat Ben Jacobson 
and Darren DeVries. Those are two coaches, two of the best coaches in the Valley, and Ben Jacobson is the class of the league. There's a reason he's the first coach ever to win five Coach of the Year awards. The fact that Loyola beat Northern Iowa, I was wondering if it'd come down to coaching, and I think that was a good experience for Drew going to the battle for Atlantis. But in terms of the players, most of these guys had the experience last year in the big moment knocking off top seed at Illinois. I mean, the only ones that didn't were really Chris Knight, Brian Schwieger, and I, there might be one or two more. St. Thomas off the bench wasn't there. They had a lot of guys that were there last year. So that experience is huge. And that was some, that was part of the difference at Arch Madness against Drake because, hey, Drake had tired legs. That's just part of the draw at Arch Madness. But Loyola had that experience they could lean on. They went on that 19-0 run in the first half. And I think that's going to be vital against this Ohio State team, especially when one of their leaders, yes, E.J. Liddell has been on the stage before. He's used to being on the big stage. Malachi Branham is a freshman. It's a big stage for a freshman. I think he can handle it, but that's something with the intangibles. It's something to watch as the tournament goes on. That's for any team. Yeah, and you talk about the experience factor. That's something Loyola Chicago has going for them in this matchup here. You have plenty of super seniors. You have some juniors thrown in there with Marquise Kennedy. How big would that be for, for Loyola to throw bodies out on Branham and even to a lesser extent Jamari Wheeler? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's going to be huge no matter what. And the fact that you've got Lucas Williamson still there, he played the Final Four as a freshman, and he came back for the fifth year. I mean, he was sixth man-ish, sixth or seventh man on that 18 team, depending on the game. But now he's starter. He's proven to be a leader. He stepped up at Arch Madness. He was most outstanding player. I made the case for him to be most valuable player in the Valley, but I understand why A.J. Green won that award. I know that's kind of a hot topic issue with Loyola fans and Northern Iowa fans with Drew Valentine's comments after the championship. But I think Lucas Williamson's experience is huge because that trickles down to, okay, he's got that final four experience as a freshman. Braden Norris had the experience last year. Marquise Kennedy had the experience last year. Ahir Uwak has taken a tremendous leap and was in those moments last year as well. So I think all of that, yes, we can talk about the talent in the box score and the talent everywhere else, but more importantly, Loyola has the experience. They need to lean on that experience. That's why I'm picking the Ramblers to win. Well, not the whole reason why, but a big reason why I'm picking the Ramblers to win this game is because of the experience that they have on the roster, and Drew Valentine can lean on that in those moments because he's got a young coaching staff. Granted, he was there last year too, but he wasn't in the head chair, and that's going to be something to watch as well. Well, let's just say that Loyola Chicago ends up knocking off Ohio State. And let's just say that Villanova wins in their round of 64 matchup, and we get Loyola Chicago-Villanova in the second round of the NCAA tournament in Pittsburgh, which I don't care what people say. Like, it's still, to me, Big East territory just from the days of when the Panthers played there. It's going to be mostly a pro-Villanova crowd that's going to be there if those two teams were to score off in the round of 32. Man, you talk about the matchups right there, and, and I feel like both teams are very similar. They're both very heavy on juniors and seniors. They kind of you know, have those scrappy players. I mean, that game, if they were to play each other, would be it would feel like more of a first-to-50 wins type of game. Yeah, I would agree, and the difference with Villanova compared to Ohio State, I mean, Liddell and Branham combined for about 45-ish, give or take, percent of Ohio State's points. Villanova's deep, and they have a lot of guards, and that is huge. I mean, Ohio State doesn't have that elite guard that they could lean on. Yes, they've got 
you know, Kyle Young, Zed Key, and I know Justin Sewing's not playing, but they've got some guys, but they're not at the level of, say, a, I don't know, Colin Gillespie. You know, Villanova has depth, and I'm just a big Jay Wright fan. I always have been. And if it comes down to Loyola Villanova, I don't know how the Ramblers' defense is going to do. I'll never doubt it, especially because Drew Valentine was the defensive coordinator. He built, he gutted the defense before the Illinois game last year to game plan for Kofi Coburn and Io Sumu. I'll never count out the Loyola defense. But Villanova is an elite guard. They've got a lot of elite guards. And I think that matchup, it could go punch for punch, but I would have to lean Villanova just given it's Jay Wright, first of all. I guess that I'm a big fan. And I it goes back to the intangibles we've been talking about. But that would be, if that happens, and I, I predict it will, granted my bracket's wrong every year and I usually throw it in the garbage can after the first round, but that's going to be, I might make some popcorn for that game because that's going to be really good if it happens. Yeah, it would be an intriguing matchup if those two were to go at it. How are you, how you going to go about spending your uh, Thursday and Friday watching March Madness? Well, I work on the news desk at on three on Thursday, so I'll have a full slate of games there, working, writing, and I'm, I'm on there until seven, and I'll probably just curl up and either I might pour a glass of wine and watch the next couple of games just because I won't be working, and then Friday I'll be on the clock for the Loyola game, so that's going to be the game I'm going to be glued to, just because, again, I've done a lot of Big Ten coverage this year. Started out freelancing for Saturday Tradition. Was there a little bit into basketball talk? And into on three, I just kept up with the Big Ten. And that's the game I'm really, really looking forward to, just because of who it is. And other than that, once I'm done working, I'm going to relax and enjoy some basketball. This is my favorite month of the year, man. Like, I was watching Texas Southern versus... Texas A&M Corpus Christi earlier. I've never watched either one of those two teams. And I'm like, you know what? It's March. March Madness is back with the fans. I am so excited. Yeah, and I think that's one of the keys to this year that's a lot different from the last couple of years. Obviously, in 2020, we didn't have one because of the pandemic. But last year, you had no well, you had minimal fans, and the players and media and coaches that were there were subject to quarantine, basically. So... First time in three years, we welcome fans back. And I feel like this really is the NCAA tournament. And it's just exciting to have this back in our sporting calendar like old times. I've had people, like, I I mean, I live in a small town in central Illinois. And I've got people that I've grown up with that just weren't really into sports and weren't really into college basketball. But this year they're saying, you know what? They didn't have it two years ago. Last year was weird. I'm actually getting into it this year. And I kept saying, like, that's great come watch at the bar with me or something. I don't know. I just want people to watch the games with. So it's kind of, I've seen it on Twitter. I've seen it personally. There's a lot of interest in this year's tournament. And I think it's going to live up to the billing, man. We've seen this regular season. Any team can beat anybody on any given night. I know it's the old cliche, but this year it's been nuts. And I think this tournament's going to be even crazier. Well said. And again, thank you for coming on the Geno Green Experience. Where can they follow you at on Twitter? Hey, first off, thanks for having me, Gino. It's great catching up with you. I'm on Twitter at NickSchultz underscore seven, and you can follow our tournament coverage at On3 at On3Sports. I also still do my radio show on Sundays at Loyola Student Radio Station, WLUW. I don't think I'm doing a show this Sunday because I think, kind of a scoop here, I guess, of ways. Um, WLUW, I think, is carrying the Loyola games during the tournament. So if they win Friday, they'll play Sunday, which is right in my time slot. So I'm not on this week, but I'm there every Sunday 
at 11 o'clock. Nice. Good to know. And again, thanks for coming on here, and hopefully this will be a great NCAA tournament. Hope it's a good one, Gino. Thanks again, man.